You're listening to episode six of the Sugar Mamas podcast. Today, I'm talking with Jody. Jody's daughter, Kelsey, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes exactly 10 years ago today. That's right. February 9th, 2021 is Kelsey's 10th anniversary. Happy anniversary, Kelsey. I absolutely loved talking with Jody and hearing her and Kelsey's story, and I know you will too. I had a really hard time titling this episode. I wasn't sure what to call it, but I finally landed on the best text ever and giving your teen T1D independence. Keep listening and you will find out why. Before we start the show, I do have an exciting announcement. The Sugar Mamas podcast is not only on Instagram, but is now also on Facebook. I created a Facebook group for moms and caregivers of type 1 diabetics and listeners of the podcast. It's a place where you can feel free to ask questions, share victories, vent over pitfalls, suggest podcast topics, or message me if you're interested in being on the show. Head over to Facebook now, find the little group symbol at the top of your screen, which looks like a circle with two or three people in it. Click on that and type into the search bar, the Sugar Mamas Podcast. It should come up right away and you'll see our little Sugar Mamas Podcast symbol. I'd love to have you. Right now, it's just me and one other mom. <laughs> so we're feeling a little lonely over here in this this uh, Facebook group, but that's okay. It's brand new. It'll grow and it'll be fun to go back and uh, one day be able to say, remember that time I made an announcement about a Facebook group that only had me and one other member in it? Those were the days. I mean, hopefully it'll grow. Don't let me down, mamas. Go check it out. Of course, you can still find me on Instagram at Sugar Mamas Podcast. As always, I will leave a link in the show notes to both of those things, Instagram and Facebook. You're listening to the Sugar Mamas podcast, a show designed for moms of type 1 diabetics. Here you'll find a community of like-minded women who are striving daily to keep their kids safe, happy, and healthy while navigating the ever-changing world of type 1. I'm your host and fellow T1D mom, Katie Roseborough. Welcome and enjoy the show. Hello again. Before we get started, I need you to know that nothing you hear on the Sugar Mamas podcast should be considered medical advice. Please be safe, be smart, and always consult your physician before making changes to the way you manage type 1 diabetes. Thanks. Hi, Jody. Hi. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Are you ready for the weekend? Uh, very much so. It was a, a busy week around here. Same here. My daughter actually turned nine. So we had... Ooh, happy birthday. I know. So she's ha she's having a sleepover tonight. And... At our house. Uh-huh. So. Gotcha. I remember those days well. How how old is she? She's nine. Okay. So she's having five of her closest friends over and doing all the birthday sleepover things. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. I've shipped my other two boys off to my mom's house, and I think my husband would also like to be shipped off to... <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. I remember the sleepovers very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. Definitely. That's yeah. great. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so everybody knows who you are? Sure. My name is Jody Paquette. 
I live in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and my daughter, Kelsey Freilich, is 24, and she was diagnosed when she was 14. Yeah. And I know you have a very sweet relationship with her, and she recently sent you a text that just really made an impression on me. And if you don't mind, I was hoping you would read it for the other moms who are listening. Absolutely. Sure. So just a a little background to where and when the text came in. It was back in November of 2020. And Kelsey is a nurse at one of the major hospitals in Boston. And she does a rotation where she does two day shifts and two overnight shifts. So this text came the morning following an overnight shift. Um, so she, she got back from the hospital and and was quite tired. Um, and this is the text she sent to me. It says, good morning, heading to bed in a few, but just saw a commercial about the affordable care act. And in my tiredness from working overnight, I started thinking about when I was diagnosed, I can't imagine how scary it must've been for you to be a single mom with minimal health insurance and your child being diagnosed with this big thing, money-wise, support-wise, scared for me-wise. I know I've gotten upset with you in the past, saying you don't know how I feel in regards to diabetes, but I guess I never really had the thought that I don't know how you feel or felt either. You completely have your own unique experience with it, and it is probably just as scary, if not scarier. I at least have some control over it and know every second of the day where I'm at. But you have to go through all the days and the nights trusting that I'm okay and that I have a handle on it. I thank you so much for trusting me and for always, always, always being there, but never being overbearing, for letting me to go to college and travel and do all the things I've wanted to do and want to do in the future, and for helping me figure it out and trust that I'll be okay. I love you so much. You're the best mom in the world and the strongest, kindest, smartest, most amazing woman I've ever met. I'm so proud to be your daughter. Me and Ty, who's her sister, are so lucky and so blessed. I'm sorry for ever causing you stress, hurt, anger, etc. Okay, LOL. I'm going to sleep now. I love you so much. Have a great day. I'm sorry. I can't can't read it through even still without, without getting choked up. I can imagine. I can't listen to you read it. Uh, when I read it the first time, I was definitely, tears were rolling down my cheeks. And yeah, definitely. It's just such a, an amazing, an amazing thing. I mean, when I, when I first read it, I was just so, I was genuinely happy for you because mm-hmm. as a mom myself, I just, that's like the text that every mom wants to get, whether your exactly. child has. Regardless, right. Right. Yeah. Whether right. your child has type one diabetes or not, you, that's the text you want. And I was just so, I knew you must have been so proud of her and just how far she's come and just so proud of yourself, really, because it's a journey together. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I, I know that you and I met through one of the parents of t- uh, type one support groups online mm-hmm. uh, through Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I've posted numerous things there over the years. I, I could not believe the response that uh, you know, the comments and the and the likes and the cares and the loves um, that this text drew out. So yeah, yeah it's, it's quite emotional. I'll, I'll say that definitely. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love about that group too, is I feel like we're really there for each other in the good and the bad, you know, Absolutely. celebrating, celebrating the good, uh, lamenting the bad. Definitely. So let's talk about, you said your daughter, Kelsey, was diagnosed when she was a teenager. Correct. She was 14. Yes. And I feel like there must be, 
there's got to be some pros and cons to having a teenager who gets that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. What, what, were some <laughs> of, what, were, what were some of the pros? Why don't we start with the pros? Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me, can, can I tell the, the story? The diagnosis oh. story. Oh yeah, go please. Okay, and and I I kind of think it's like um, having a baby. You know, we we really love to tell the story of our of our labor and delivery, and and it sort of feels like that. It, it kind of feels like a not not so much a rebirth, but definitely a new beginning. So so Kelsey was fourteen, and she was a freshman in high school. She was doing a lacrosse camp or, or, or training or something so that she could try out for the varsity team as a freshman. And so she, she was working out a lot and, and going to practice a lot. And so she was always tired and she was always thirsty. And we just thought that that was very normal. I was also um, working for a wellness company at the time and, and selling a water filtration system. And we just got our new one. And so we're, we're all drinking water and we're all, excuse me, peeing all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, th- so that was going on. And then I, I just started to be aware, like she was really drinking water. Like there was no tomorrow. She- she'd get up and come downstairs and, and drink a huge glass. Um, she'd go back up to-, to straighten her hair. She'd come back down, have some more water. And then she texted me one day and said, mom, LOL, Mr. I can't remember who said, I think you have diabetes, Kelsey. Ha ha ha. Isn't that funny? <laughs> And I thought, no, that's that's not funny. And then I just kind of looked back over the couple previous months and she'd kind of be laying on the couch and she'd say, mom, I just, I don't feel right. I, I don't feel right. And I'd say, well, what's wrong? I don't know. I just don't feel right. And then a friend would call and, and off she'd go and, you know, but then I thought, yes, yeah, something definitely isn't right here. So it was a Monday. I called the doctor. She actually had a physical scheduled for February 9th, which was the day of her diagnosis. That was a Wednesday. I called on a Monday and, and they kind of did a little mini assessment. And they said, well, no, well, you know, I don't think so. Hmm. Um, and I said, well, what, what should I do if, you know, they said, you can either take her to the emergency room if, if her symptoms get worse or whatever, or just come to her appointment. So we did. And the first thing they did was check her glucose. And the doctor came back in and said, well, I have good and bad news. I said, okay, what's the bad news? And she said, Kelsey's glucose, you know, through the urine test is extremely high. I said, is that indicative of anything other than type one diabetes? And she said, no. Mm. I said, okay, what's the good news? And she said, Kelsey doesn't have to go back to school today. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So off we go. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and I know everyone listening to this call knows how the rest of the story unfolds. Yeah. Uh, but I bring it up because you're, you're asking, what's it like for a, a teenager or at least Kelsey? And, and I realize that everyone is different. Kelsey, as a teenager, she, she wanted to be independent. In, in fact, Kelsey always wanted to be independent. Yeah. Um, at birth, Kelsey wanted to be independent. And so that that is the spirit with which she she tackled this and and it truly never ceases to amaze me. I have given Kelsey one injection throughout this entire time and that was in the hospital because they don't let you leave the hospital unless you demonstrate that that you can do that. So for her and and I think you know in in large part this is true of teenagers it, they they want to be independent you know it, it is the time of their lives where they're starting to pull away a little bit yeah and as a mother of someone diagnosed with type one that that's awful you know so so there was this internal conflict that I was having 
uh, where I, I wanted to be managing some of these things for her, but she, she truly did not want me to. She would say, no, mom, no, I want to do this. I'm going to have to do this. So, you know, what, what was it like? It, it was shocking and stunning and life-changing. But I guess the important thing there is that to the degree that you can know your adolescent or your teenager, do that. So, so I, I really had to stop and think about, well, who is she? Mm-hmm. Um, how are we going to do that? And what's going to be best for her long term? And, and I knew that, that ultimately she would have to be managing all of this by herself. I know Definitely. that's kind of long-winded. I'm not sure I answered your question. Oh, no, you definitely did. I mean, I think that's great that you were able to, you felt comfortable enough, or maybe you didn't feel feel comfortable, but you knew that you kind of had to give her this independence in order for her to succeed. So she wouldn't resent you, maybe. Absolutely. Um, That would be my biggest fear if I had a teenager that got diagnosed, that I would try to be meddling too much in their management and they would end up, you know, just like teenagers kind of rebelling and resenting their parents. Exactly. Very, very fine line here. In fact, Mm -hmm. Kelsey was here last night and and I was telling her that I was going to be doing your podcast this morning. And she she wanted me to stress that that, that the biggest thing about being a teenager and having it and, and that I was able to do for her was was trust her or or at least give her the sense and the feeling that I was trusting her. I mean, and certainly internally. It wasn't as smooth as I think it might have looked. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think that you set her up for success going into adulthood. You know, she was managing it independently before she was even an adult. So, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I did, I think the things that I did, I thought, okay, this is hers and, and I can't do this for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I might have wanted to, and, and you're a mom and all the moms that are listening, the, the absolute worst part of being a mother or, or maybe even a parent is when you can't help them, when you can't fix it, when you can't take it away, when you can't make it better. I mean, that is, that is what the experience of, of type one with a teenage, with a teen, with a person diagnosed in a teenage years, mm-hmm. um, in teenage years. And I, so, so I took on just about everything else, you know, I, 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 and I still do, I do her supplies. I manage her ordering of her supplies and um, getting those to her. Oh, I was just going to say, I've often thought about that. Just what a burden that is, the the ordering, the getting the prescriptions refilled and picking them up and, you know, just all of the supplies. And I, I have thought like, I mean, obviously, I'll just go with the flow with what Sarah wants. But, mm-hmm. you know, I can see as an older adult myself and her being an actual adult, that would be something that I could see myself still helping her with calling insurance if need be. But we'll see. We'll just have to see how it unfolds. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I suspect there will come a point where she wants to take that over. Right now, she lives about an hour away, and so it, it's not terribly inconvenient um, for me to do that. We have the supplies shipped to my house. Kelsey lives in an apartment in Boston, and mm-hmm. packages just sort of get left on the doorstep. So we, we don't, <laughs> we're not going to risk that. I'll say something else about that. Oh, yeah. I would initially make her lunches like when she was still a teenager and, and going to school. I, I would make her lunch in the morning. I would write on a little, you know, a little notepad. Your sandwich is this many carbs. Your cookies are this many carbs. Your feet, your fruit is this many carbs. Just in case she didn't want to eat the whole thing. And then I would total it in, in case she did. And then I would include in there a silly or funny or touching note or poem to sort of, sort of, you know, 
be present yeah. to be, be present in her day. Oh, I love that. I have lunchbox notes that I send my kids to. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I actually bought them off Amazon. So they usually have some sort of, you know, encouraging or motivational quote on the front. And then I flip it over and just, I'll just write, you know, I love you or have a great day. Absolutely. And to my surprise, so that that was freshman year. Mm -hmm. And I did that through senior year Mm -hmm. um, when we were packing Kelsey up to go to college. She had a baggie with all of the notes that I had. Yeah. Yeah. And and she never told me that she was keeping them. So she she had kept all those. That is so sweet. I wonder if she still has them. Do you know if she still has them? Oh, she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah. My kids don't do that. They just, the note. I open, I open the lunchbox and the note is like soggy at the bottom, but they do say, I liked your note, mom. Right. Right. Sweet. That's very cute. So what was, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to say another thing. Um, We went to Children's Hospital, which is in Boston. Great, great hospital um, when she was diagnosed. And one of the things that they told us, they they came in and said, Kelsey, this was maybe day two or three. You're a teenager. Teenagers fight with their parents. You're, You're going to fight with your mom. The one thing you can never, ever, ever fight about is... The, the care, your care. You can fight about anything else, but but care of your diabetes, you can't fight about. And I, I took that in. I, I don't know the degree to which Kelsey took it in, but, but I can honestly say, I mean, wh- while we maybe argued about things related to diabetes or her experience or how it was impacting her, whether it was, you know, I, I'm not going to prom. I don't know where, where am I going to put my, you know, my, my, my inject, well, I can't leave and do an injection and, you yeah. know, all of that. Um, but, but we never thought about, you know, you really need to give yourself an injection now, or it's time to change your pump site. Th- those things we never did fight about. And I like to stress that for parents with teenagers because it, it does get hairy for a while. Yeah. So while you never engaged in the battle, did she ever kind of go through a burnout, you know, like, oh, I'm just not going to do this for a week or, or whatever it might be? She did not. I mean, she she periodically and, and still periodically will say, I don't want to do this. I, I just would like a day where I don't have this. But but I, I know I know some teenagers who have gone through that burnout and who have sort of taken a step back from doing what they need to do to care for themselves. But Kelsey Kelsey did not go through that. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I can only imagine they want a day. Yeah. As a mom, I want a day off of motherhood sometimes. And <laughs> Definitely. You know, I can do that. You know, I can I can go on a little getaway or whatever, but yeah, you, you just can't escape diabetes. Mm-mm. So. Mm-mm. No. I think one of, one of the other big changes, uh, again, just my perspective, because I, I really don't know what else was out there at the time or, or what the standard of care was. When, when Kelsey was diagnosed, the recommendation was for, for six months, I would have to wake her every four hours during the night so to, to go and test her blood sugar and, and treat her if she was low mm-hmm. um, or high. So I would set an alarm right right next to me, and then I would set another one across the room for five minutes later because after about a month of that, I, got, I could just see myself shutting off my alarm yep. and then falling right back to sleep, and, yeah. I, and I, I couldn't live with that. So it was a long six months. Um, we d- yeah. develop, developed a little system. She, you know, I'd go and I'd wake her, and she'd check herself. And if she was fine, we'd both go back to sleep. And if not, we'd, we'd go downstairs. We had a little routine. We'd do the fast acting. We'd wait 10 or 15 minutes, check again, have some peanut butter crackers, 
glass of milk and, and back to bed. And then it, it was about a year afterwards that we explored Kelsey getting the pump. And at that time, there was not an auto mode to the pump. It was, you know, still lots of checking the, the glucose level and then making the adjustments. And then when she was a junior in college, somewhere actually in between those two, she, she did get the, uh, the CGM and that was helpful. And then in college, she got the, the closed loop Medtronic uh, 670G system uh-huh. where she was heading into her clinicals and would be doing 12 hour shifts and, you know, didn't feel she could leave the room and go check her blood if she wasn't feeling right. So, so that that has been a huge help for her. Oh, good. Do you feel like that has helped her? I mean, has she, I know it's not totally hands off once you get that closed loop system, but she's able to kind of go to work and it doesn't consume her whole day, I guess. It, it, it definitely allows her to be more present with, you know, with those moments in the hospital that, that she doesn't want to be distracted by her diabetes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's a, it's a relief to me, you know, because it's, it, I, she gets a warning if she's going high, she gets a warning if she's going low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so absolutely. It's a relief for both of us. Yeah. So I feel like the, you mentioned the standard of care. I mean, now the thing is they, they want people to get on a CGM as quickly as possible. There's mm-hmm. still- they're still kind of hesitant to, or at least my endocrinologist or our endocrinologist mm-hmm. is hesitant to put people on a pump right away. Mm-hmm. But CGM, I mean, Sarah was on the Dexcom mm-hmm. CGM within days of coming home from the hospital. So, Amazing. and I, I mean, I know that you survived people decades before you survived, but I can't imagine, I know it's possible, but I, I think it would be a lot harder without that without the CGM. Definitely. I, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, looking back that that would have simplified things. I think it was important that, you know, we learned a lot of math as we all do, but you know, it, it's what, what it was the standard of care at the time. So, so that's what we went with. Uh, I, I think for, and I know your daughter is, is, is younger than Kelsey. I think for children, ba- babies, toddlers, that the CGM is amazing. And, and all of the technolo- technological advancements where, you know, I, I know I could track Kelsey on my cell phone and, and watch what's happening throughout the day. If I had a, a child, I would definitely want to be doing that. Yeah. Do you follow her? Do you have the ability to follow her on her? We have not set that up. We, we've yeah. made the choice not to do that. And, and in fact, we were talking about that a little bit last night. You know, she, she was saying one, one of the most meaningful things to her that I was able to do was, was trust her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, Mom, if, if you know, if when I was in college and I was out at a bar and my blood was, you know, 250 or 300, if, if you had been able to see that and then called me, mm-hmm. she said, I, I would not have liked that at all. She mm-hmm. said, be, be, again, because in the moment, I knew what was happening. And I knew that I was treating myself and I was taking care of myself and I was turning it around and going back in the right direction. But but that's sort of, you know, that that's a fine line there with how, how much do you need to know and how much do you want to know? Mm, oh, yeah. No. Oh, I'm, t- I'm taking notes. I know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think there's uh, pros and cons to, to knowing for sure. I mean, definitely. Even just to having a CGM, I mean, it's amazing technology. And I, I don't think I'd want to do without it, but it can produce probably more anxiety than maybe you had when she, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I do. Right. Is it, is, is, it, it. is it more anxiety provoking to not know at all mm-hmm. or, or to know all the time? Right. And that's just, I I suppose, a personal, a personal choice. Yeah, that's very true. So let's see. 
I mean, obviously, Kelsey has done so well. She's a nurse, right? She's got a a great job. She's obviously has such a wonderful heart. She's gracious. So any other last tips for the moms out there just launching our T1Ds into adulthood? Right. Successfully. Sure. I I think, you know, one of the things, the other things I wanted to mention when when she was initially diagnosed, all all we had was Carb King, the the Mm -hmm. book where you could look up the carbs. And I think, you know, the the Google Home or Alexa, we didn't have those at the time, you know, where you can say, hey, Alexa, how many carbs are in four ounces of salmon? And boom, Mm -hmm. there you go. Um, Which I think is zero, right? I know. (laughs) Are there carbs? I don't think so. Actually, I was whispering to Alexa this morning because my kids were all still asleep and I was packing packing lunches and I was like, Alexa, how many carbs are in a half cup of blueberries? Exactly. Exactly. Right. right. So tips, get sleep, give them as much rope as you can, Mm -hmm. believe in them, have them get involved in things. We, We pretty quickly got involved in JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, some of their walks, some of their fundraisers have them do a presentation at school, like anything to kind of normalize their experience, or at least in in their own smaller circle, that it can be common knowledge, Mm -hmm. Um, encourage them to be open about it with their friends. Kelsey's friends rallied, came around her. They, they, you know, if if she was cranky on a particular day, they would gently say, are you cranky or maybe are you low? (laughs) So a, a good, you know, a, a good close knit of friends, a uh, close knit group of friends is helpful. Teach them to advocate for themselves because mm-hmm. there will be situations in which they need to remove themselves. They need to go check their blood or, or you know, make an adjustment and that sort of thing. Yeah. Teenagers are so, uh, there's, there's a, a, you know, peer pressure and you don't want to stand out. And so, they, you know, some may be may have a harder time being open about it than others, but the more open they can be, the better. Yeah. No, those are all really great tips. And I guess you I have to know your child because I was I was thinking, Sarah, I had offered, hey, Sarah, I'll come into your class or do it virtually because they won't let parents come into the school right now. But um, I will, I'll give a presentation to let everybody know what's going on. And, and she was totally opposed to that. Um, right. Now she doesn't, she doesn't really try to hide her diabetes. She'll do an injection in the middle of the park or the, a restaurant. I mean, she'll, so she's not scared about doing that out in the open, but she did, she did not want me to come in or <laughs> she's like, no, I know. And she didn't want to do it either. I was like, well, you could do it. Cause we actually made a PowerPoint together. She just wanted to make a PowerPoint, but um, she did not want to present it to anybody. It was just for her, just for her. Absolutely. And that's okay. that's so I totally guess, okay. I mean, it goes yeah. back to know, know your child. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying earlier, you know, we are we, trying to raise them to be the best people that they can be, whether they have diabetes or not. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, diabetes becomes p- part of who they are. And so as parents, it's, it's important that we work with that. And if Kelsey hadn't wanted to do all of those things, I, I would not have made her do all those things. One of the things that's come out of it along the way, Kelsey's done a couple of uh, service trips, one out in Arizona, one in the Dominican Republic. And and that, as a mom, that you're what? You're going overseas? There's no mm-hmm. hospital around? What are you what are you thinking here? But we, you know, we kind of go with not the phrase I can't, but okay, how can I? How can I do this? And so we we prepared all sorts of things for her to take with her and and it was a very successful trip. So, you know, oh, I, gosh. 
go from I, I can't do this to okay, how how can I do this? And then with within the confines of type one, figure it out. Mm, I love that. That's great advice. Well, I want to know if you or maybe Kelsey, if she shared something with you, has a most a worst or most embarrassing type uh, one diabetes moment. <laughs> Okay. I was thinking about that and I can't think of any embarrassing ones, but there have been a few worst ones. Um, one was, I'm going to tell you two or three. One was, so a month after she was diagnosed, again, she had been trying, she wanted to try out for lacrosse. She wanted to make the varsity lacrosse team. She and two of her other freshman friends. So they went to try out. This is a month in and where I'm exhausted. She's exhausted. She somehow still being herself. The two friends made the varsity team and Kelsey did not. Oh. I cried more that day than I did throughout the whole, you know, week of diagnosis. I I thought this kid needs a break. Couldn't he just have let her do this? And no, she didn't make that. That was awful. You know, she she just needed a break and and it didn't come. And I'd like to say, you know, in in retrospect, oh, it was the right decision. And it it made her try harder. And and she really did become a really, really good lacrosse player. And that's all true. But I still wish he (laughs) he gave her that. Oh, I would have had a hard time not not stepping in on that one and being like, are you kidding me? She just got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. (laughs) Exactly. I I wanted to, believe me. Oh. Um, So that that was one. And then Kelsey has been in DKA twice. So those were dreadful. The first, she was in college. Mm -hmm. She had had the flu. About two weeks after the flu, she had strep throat. Mm -hmm. She was put on an antibiotic. I'm, I'm leaving out the unimportant parts of the story. The sec- second day of the antibiotic or, or the first day, she, she had a reaction to the antibiotic. She was couldn't breathe. She, you know, was maybe heading towards shock. Went to the hospital. They took her off that. They put her on prednisone. Now she's walking around campus. She's exhausted. She's wiped out. She still isn't breathing right. Mm. She's she's wearing three coats and two blankets. And mom, I just don't. And it's it's finals week, by the way. Oh, or no, it's it's a two weeks before finals. Mm. So longer story short, I had her friends take her to the ER. My husband and I drove up to the ER. They couldn't find out what was wrong with her. They were doing all sorts of blood tests. Yeah. And ultimately, she came home and I took her to her pediatrician. She's now 21 or 22 years old. Um, We walk in and the pediatrician says, I think she has mono. And they tested her for mono and she had mono. So I'm sorry, she actually did not have DKA at that time, but but she had mono on top of all of those other things. No, that's good to know though, because it can, maybe they can kind of present similarly Exactly. And meanwhile, of course, she, she has type one. And I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know what to do about any of this. So so that was a worst moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the DKA was, was a worst moment as well. She had just started nursing. And one of the things that, that nurses will tell you, it, you know, the, the the beeps, the buzzers, the alarms are always going off, always going off. And so she went to bed and, and I believe her pump went off a few times, you know, giving the alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whether she turned it off or, or just heard it in her sleep as being in the hospital or what have you, ultimately the next morning she was, she was vomiting. She was, she was very ill. 
Um, and, and she checked her blood and, and she was very high and tried to correct um, and, and went to the hospital and, and was in DKA. So okay. that, that was a worst moment as well. I guess my worst moments are, are the fear-based ones. <laughs> well, I think that would probably be most of our worst moments. Yeah, absolutely. No, I've, I've worked in a hospital for several mm-hmm. years and I know those beeps very well. You just okay. get so tired. You get so tired of them after a while. You just almost tune them out. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be like that, but right. it can happen. Right. Well, okay. Well, what about your best or most proud T1D moment? Okay. Most definitely when I received the text that I read mm-hmm. a few minutes ago. Yeah. That 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 was a very proud and happy moment. Kelsey sort of following her her heart, I guess, because she, she is this person who is is geared towards service. Um, the service trip that she did to the Dominican, that, that, that made me very proud. She did another one in Arizona when she graduated from high school, when she graduated from college. So those, those types of achievements, yeah. in, spite of, in spite of type one, well, and she's a nurse. Me very proud. Yeah. And, she, yeah, and she's That's a nurse. Very, very service-based. Definitely. <laughs> did, Definitely. Do think, <laughs> yeah. Do you think type one maybe inspired her a little bit to go into healthcare? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and she'll say that too. Kelsey has a, a website and, and on it are a number of things that, that she's posted. But one of the things that she wrote an essay about was how she was treated both at the initial hospital where they confirmed the diagnosis. And then when she was sent to Children's Hospital, how impressed she was with the way she was treated. And, and that was sort of the birth of her, her career path, I suppose. Wow. I love that. I, I don't know. It seems like a lot of type ones, at least from, I mean, goodness, we've only been doing this for a couple of months, but it seems like a lot of them go into healthcare. Right. I think it's great. Well, first of all, it's good job stability, right? You're not. There's, Absolutely. And uh, usually good health insurance too. So those are important, but and, I think. And thirdly, <laughs> when she's in the hospital, mm-hmm. I feel really safe. Oh yeah. That's so there's true. that, there's that too. That's very true. She's there. It does happen. She's right there. That's exactly right. I didn't think about that bonus. You mentioned her website. Would you tell us a little bit about Kelsey's website? Oh, sure. About a year or so ago, Kelsey started a blog and and that's still out there. And she, as I said, she has has written, she's a good writer as well. She's very expressive. She's written a couple of essays regarding her experience with type one, um, one of which is, I, I think... Not a hundred percent sure that that she might have used as one of her college essays, and it, it's entitled Barbie, and it's sort of the story that the the nurse at the first hospital where her diagnosis was confirmed, her name was Barbie, and and Kelsey, I guess, had this experience going on where you know Barbie, the 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 doll Barbie, sort of is the ideal, if you will. Yeah. Not for all of us, but well, I was going to say not really, right? <laughs> not, like, not, not really, right? Not really, right? But but we know that that's what Barbie is. You know, this idea of perfection and and Kelsey's experience was, I'm no longer perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And and she writes this beautiful essay about how, you know, as a matter of fact, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And type one does not take that away. So so that's posted on her website. Mm, I love that. I'm going to go read that. That sounds great. And, And then we were trying to do a... 
a video to mark her 10th year anniversary, if you will, which is February 9th. Um, And so we were looking for some submissions that we could include in the video. And that's actually how the website itself got started. Since then, we've put these other bits in that we've done over the years. And so the video has taken a a little bit of a different direction, but that's fine. And and we would love for people to to visit the site and, and see what's up there. And there are some other, you know, tips probably for for people Kelsey's age who struggle with type 1 or who are living with type 1 as well as you know perhaps other things that that other parents might be interested in so what is what's the website name sure it's um www.teamcurekel and it's t e a m K-U-R-E-K-E-L.com. If she doesn't mind, I can put that in the show notes. and and I'm sure she would not mind. (laughs) I'm sure she would love that. I'm actually looking at my calendar. When you said her 10-year anniversary is on the 9th, I'm about two weeks ahead right now. So this will probably be posted the week of her Uh, 10-year anniversary. Oh, that would be fabulous. Yeah. That would be fabulous. I think that would be great too. She would love that. Well, I absolutely love talking with you today. Thank you for you for this. too. And I, I have to say, I, I honestly can't believe you, you're doing this three or four months post diagnosis. <laughs> I think I was walking around like like a zombie for for a good six months. Yeah, I feel like I am walking around like a zombie. I feel like I'm, and maybe a part of it's the pandemic too. But it's mm-hmm. like a heaviness, you know what I mean? And it's I do. I would say it's different than like a you know depression. It's just like mm-hmm. a. It's a heaviness. Yeah, it's a heaviness. So still walking around in that. But actually, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast now is so that moms listening a week from now or however many years from now, hopefully, if it keeps going, will have that perspective of a newly diagnosed family and just kind of get to follow that along. Sure. Journey. Yeah. Well, so, well said. Well said. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. This is this is wonderful. And I, I just had another thought pop in. Um, one of the other things that I've done, and I thought it was important, especially when she was a teenager, um, and then I just kept up with it a- after she went to college. I, I have been to all but one of her endocrine appointments. Um, so even when she was in college, wow. we'd, we'd meet at the hospital and I'd take a half a day off. And um, and the only one that I missed was because of COVID and, and I wasn't allowed to go to the hospital with her. Um, so again, if, if she hadn't wanted me to do that, that might have been hard for me not to do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I might have said, well, I, I'm going to be doing that for now. Uh, but, yeah. but, I, but I think it is another way as a parent to be involved where, you know, we're, we're not the one that, that has it, but it, it is a way. I wanted her to always feel as though we are dealing with this. We are in this together. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that was helpful. I hope so anyway. Oh, I'm sure it is that she knows she's got you on her team always when she needs you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, I will let you get back to your Friday. Okay. And again, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Katie. It was wonderful. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. That's all for our show today. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that episode as much as I loved recording it. It was really such a joy to talk with Jody and hear her and Kelsey's story. I'm going to leave a link to Kelsey's website in the show notes. Again, it's www.teamkurekel.com. That's teamkurekel.com. 
I went and read her essay entitled Barbie, that the one that Jody mentioned in the show, and it was really something special. It was sweet, it was inspiring, and I just loved it. So go check it out. As always, I will leave where you can find me on social media in the show notes as well, as well as my email address. If you have questions, want to suggest a topic for a podcast episode, or if you're interested in being on the show yourself, email me. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at sugarmamaspodcast at gmail.com. Hey, if you're loving this podcast, can I ask you a favor? Would you subscribe and possibly consider writing a review and spread the word with your other T1D mom friends? That helps me in many, many, many ways. It supports the show and most importantly, it helps other moms and caregivers of type 1 diabetics find the show. All right, you guys, you're awesome. And I hope you have a fabulous week. Talk with you soon. Bye.